You're listening to Proverbs 910 Ministries podcast, No Trash, Just Truth, with hosts Chris Paxson and Rose Spiller. You can find everything on our website, Proverbs910Ministries.com. You can even contact us straight from the website if you have any questions, comments, or would like to inquire about us speaking at your next women's event. Welcome back. Today, we are honored to have a special guest with us, someone who's helping the most vulnerable people created in the image of God, the unborn. Our guest today is Kelly Lester of Pro-Love Ministries, which was featured in Pro-Life Magazine and was a finalist for the 2022 Pro-Life Impact Award, sponsored by the National Prayer Luncheon for Life. Kelly, welcome. Yeah, Kelly, we are extremely glad to meet you. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Oh, we're happy to have you, and we really appreciate you coming on. Thanks. Well, I appreciate you making time for me. We are excited for you to share everything uh, you and the other amazing women are doing at Pro Love, especially after what's happened with the Supreme Court ruling sending a, the abortion decision back to the states just last week. But before we get to that, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Well, again, thank you, ladies. Um, for having us on. Obviously, this discussion is one that we should have been having for the last 50 years, and many of us have been having, but the, the, the fire has been turned up, and so I'm glad to be here sharing with you. Um, my, you know, you were calling me before we got on the expert, and in many ways, I am an expert because I have been on all sides of this discussion. I myself had my first abortion at 15. Um, I had three subsequent abortions after that, so I have had first trimester abortions. I have a, had a second trimester abortion, and I have had an abortion by pill. Um, I also, um, during that time period, worked in an abortion facility. Um, And so I saw what happens behind the doors of the abortion industry. And now I lead the sidewalk advocacy um, chapters, two of the chapters in my town. Um, So I'm standing on the sidewalk helping counsel women. Um, Now work for these ministries and and through that get to help women across the nation. Also, we testify for pro-life legislation. So I have literally been on every side of this discussion um, and can answer many questions, hopefully, um, but I appreciate really the time to share with you. Well, that's wonderful because everybody has a lot of questions <laughs> and we, we are going to get to pro-love because we want to talk all about it. And that is going to be our sure. main focus. But before we do that, if you could just educate us on a few things, <clears throat> excuse me, we watched the movie Unplanned, which is Abby Johnson's story, and it is a powerful movie. In fact, in the first 10 minutes, they show an actual abortion. Um, I'm assuming it's a first trimester abortion because it's through the tube. And it is an image that will never leave you. You know, one of the things we learned about Planned Parenthood is they do ultrasounds, but they don't let the mothers see the ultrasounds. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm wondering, in your opinion, how many abortions do you think could be avoided if they let the women see the ultrasound of the baby beforehand? Yeah, I think that many abortions, I mean, as far as number-wise, I don't know. I do know that NIFLA, who is an organization that trains ultrasound technicians for pregnancy centers, they have the statistic that 75% of women who see an ultrasound Mm. at the pregnancy center choose life. Um, now, I don't know, honestly, how many we, we are at Pro Love. We are not about 
inflating facts or statistics. And, and so I don't know how many of those women were life-minded when they went in and chose life, you know, but I do know that abortion, that the ultrasound does make a difference. Seeing the baby, hearing the baby does make a difference. Um, and I'll, just to go back to one of the points that you made earlier about seeing a typical abortion procedure in the movie Unplanned. The reality is that is not a typical abortion procedure. That abortion procedure, they used an ultrasound to guide the doctor's hand while he was doing the procedure. Planned Parenthood does not do that hmm. because that procedure takes too long. So a typical abortion procedure is a blind procedure. Everything is the same in what you saw, except they are not using the ultrasound to help the doctor see what they are doing inside of the uterus. And obviously he can't see that. And I, and I tell people, imagine you've got a wet paper bag. That is what your uterus would be like. And they are in there with a vacuum cleaner that's 50 times as strong as a typical vacuum and blindly trying to get the contents of that paper bag out. And then afterwards, they take a knife, a scraping utensil, a curette that has a knife, and they go in and they scrape the inside of that paper bag. And so the chances for there being an error, the chances for something being missed, the chances for ripping or tearing or, you know, are so huge. And in that scene, he could see somewhat what he was doing, but that is not a typical procedure. Um, and Abby will tell you that that of that instance was actually factual, but there was a visiting doctor coming to her facility who had this technique of an ultrasound guided abortion. And she wanted, they wanted her to see that because it wasn't something that they did. And they were debating whether or not they wanted to continue in that procedure. They chose not to because it took too long. So, but that was not a typical procedure way that they did at her facility. Um, so it just compounds the, the dangerousness, you know, how, how risky it is for women in this. People talk about it being a safe procedure. It is not safe. Obviously, it's not safe for the baby in the womb, but it's not safe for the mother either because of the way that the procedure is done. And Kelly, that is something that pro-love ministries does deal with, correct? That's one of the six things they do. Yes, ma'am. We, we deal with all, we have pro-love ministries as an umbrella ministry for the pro-life movement. And so our goal when we, Abby started in Then There Were None, which is a ministry very specifically to abortion workers. And since the time she started, we have over 600 abortion workers who have left the wow. abortion industry and come through our ministry. Praise we God have, for that. And absolutely. We have eight doctors who have laid down their instruments of death and over 25, I think we're almost at 30 facilities. Now, who knows how many because of what's recently happened. But up until the decision, over 25 facilities that had closed their doors because workers had left. So she started that. And as she was doing that, she realized that there were some gaps in the pro-life movement. Um, pregnancy resource centers are obviously amazing. And they have held up the pro-life movement for the last 50 years. And we are so thankful for them. But there are many services that they don't provide, many needs that they can't provide. And so that is why she started Pro-Love Ministries. And so with Pro-Love Ministries, we have projects that are things that we have started that come under our 501c3 umbrella, not to get too technical legally, but that's what that is. 
And then we have other 501c3s. So these are other ministries, organizations that we have brought under our ministry because they are doing something in a bit of a different way from other ministries. Um, an example would be people ask, do you have any, uh, any adoption agencies that you work with? We have one and their name is Abiding Love Adoption. And why we work with them specifically, because there are, you know, thousands of adoption agencies. We work with them because they focus on the birth mother mm. and they want to make sure that she is taken care of. They don't deal with the, the family that's doing the, the, the adopting. They don't really deal with the placement other than how it deals with the mother. And they want to make sure that she is taken care of. Um, and I can tell you, if you are somebody out there who's considering adoption, do your research because we have had in the last 60 days, we have had four cases of birth mothers who were placing their babies for adoption, who were not being taken care of, mm. um, who were really not being loved well. Um, mm. And so make sure that you do your research because, you know, these women are doing such a gift, giving such a gift of themselves. And they really need to be taken care of and, and have therapy afterwards. You know, think about them. They are, yes, they are doing this wonderful gift, but they are leaving with empty hands and an empty womb. Yes. And, you yeah. know, it's, it's very difficult. So we need to, um, the other, you know, the pro-choice side talks about adoption. Yes, we need to improve adoption. We need to make it easier. We need to, you know, make it cheaper. Yes. But we need to take care of these mamas who are doing this. So we're not sending them back into the trauma that they came from. Exactly. Exactly. Did that answer your question? Sorry, that was kind of a lot. <laughs> no, that was, that, that, yeah, that was perfect. Because good. like I said, I saw on your website that you you are helping people get out of that industry. Yes, and uh, so when you mentioned it, I just wanted to go there for a minute. Yeah. Um, Kelly, would you say like the majority of women who have abortions today are, you know, what is the impetus? Are they ignorant of the facts of an abortion and the risk to themselves and what the procedure actually is like for the baby? You know, um, and why do you think Planned Parenthood and these other organizations work so hard to make it seem like it's really just nothing, just some tissue? So there has been a lot of change over the last 50 years, which is one of the reasons, quite honestly, why we recently saw this decision of Roe versus Wade being changed. 50 years ago, there was not the ultrasound technology that there is currently. And, you know, they didn't know the stages of the child in the womb. And that argument of it just being a clump of cells was something that there was that was actually believed by the medical profession in many ways, and for sure by people in the abortion industry. As time has changed, as medical techniques have progressed and ultrasound technology, I mean, 4D technology, you can see every detail of that baby. Even the, the typical ultrasound, when I, I remember when I was pregnant, showing my mom and she was like, oh my goodness, we didn't have that, you know, when I was pregnant with you. So through that, we have realized the development of the child, you know, where their heartbeat is, the, the, you know, the time when they have fingerprints and they have all of these different things that the clump of cells. So you have also noticed, if you've been paying attention, that the dialect of the abortion industry has changed. Okay. It used to be safe, rare, and legal. Right. 
And that was because we could just say that it was a clump of cells. Well, that is no longer the rhetoric. The rhetoric now is on demand without apology. Because no one can deny an ultrasound. No one can deny the stages of development. No one can deny those things. Now, there can be discussion about sentiment, you know, meaning consciousness. Is the baby a conscious being? At what stage does that happen? And you'll hear some people say that. You have heard uh, some people talk about the humanity, you know, or it's inability to survive outside of the mother's womb. And so therefore the viability of it. So therefore it's not as valuable as a child, you know, as a child outside of their womb. Um, you can, you may hear those kinds of arguments, but you very rarely hear anybody say clump of cells. Now I have seen some of that, but quite honestly, those people don't know what they're talking about. The majority of people who are intelligent and logical, those are the kinds of discussions that you will hear. So I say all that to say, women going in to have abortions, 78% of them do that because of financial reasons, meaning they don't have the money to pay for this child, or it could be that they are in school and they are afraid that if they do not have this abortion, that they will not be able to continue in school. Or it could be that they are a successful businesswoman, you know, or entrepreneur, and they're concerned that if they have this child, it will affect their job. I can tell you that I had my first abortion, goodness, it's been 30 years ago now. I knew that I was killing my child. Women do not have abortions because they have a kidney stone. They have abortions because they are pregnant, right? Right. right. No woman thinks that she is pregnant with a kitten <laughs> or pregnant no. with a turtle. You know, yeah, she right. knows that she is pregnant with a child. That being said, we tried to maybe pacify that, you know, or fix that feeling by saying, well, it's just a clump of cells or it right. couldn't survive on its own. Or it's either the baby or me. I don't want to have to choose my life. My life is as valuable as the baby, you know, or the fetuses, if they say that. They'll oftentimes say baby, quite honestly. We've gotten to that, too, where it's not even called a fetus anymore. They just blatantly say baby. Mm -hmm. Um, And so with that, there has definitely been a change of the dialogue. Um, And so that's where, yes, we need to educate people on the procedures of abortion. Women need to know what is happening in abortion. I can tell you that Planned Parenthood is not telling them. Informed consent, which this is something we fight for. I I testify a lot on. Um, If you have any other kind of medical procedure, the informed consent, the nurse will come in. I had knee surgery not long ago. The nurse comes in marks your knee. This is the one we're operating on. This is the one we're not. Goes over the entire procedure with you. Says words that you have never heard of before, have no idea what she does, but she's letting you know, right? Mm -hmm. Do you have any questions? No, I don't have any questions. Then the doctor comes in. He does it all over again. Goes over the whole procedure, everything. Do you have any questions? No, I don't have any questions. Then a nurse will often come in again, do it again, right? Mm -hmm. You have your procedure. At the end of the procedure, they tell you to have someone in the room with you because you're under anesthesia and they want to make sure that the directions are being passed off. They go over the procedure. This is what happened. If there was a complication, this was the complication. This is how we fixed it. 
next step we need you to do a b c and d expect to see a b c and d do you have any questions no if you have any questions here's the follow-up right it's this expensive right right. that is informed consent Mm -hmm. at an abortion facility they hand you a piece of paper which i usually have one right here that's about six pages long with some lines that you initial that you understand what's going on Maybe you watch a video about it, maybe, but most of them don't do that anymore either. Then you go in, you have the pregnancy test, you have the ultrasound, which they do not let you see. Oftentimes, even if you ask to see it, they will not let you see it. They get you medicated so that you don't know what's going on. They then will put you in the procedure room ready for the procedure. So in the stirrups, the doctor never speaks to you. He Mm. comes in or she comes in does the procedure in under five minutes, goes to the next room, does the procedure in under five minutes, goes to the next room on down the line. They take you to recovery room. They give you your sit in there for 20 minutes. This was part of my job at the facility. I walk in after 20 minutes. I give you a cookie. I give you juice. I give you your belongings, hand you some paperwork, maybe some birth control and send you out the door. Wow. No discussion of risk. No discussion of options, Mm. no discussion. Now, if there was a complication, and this is why I left the abortion industry, just like in the movie Unplanned, if you Mm -hmm. haven't seen it, you need to see it, Mm -hmm. where the woman was hemorrhaging in the recovery room. Yes. The number of women that I saw hemorrhaging in the recovery room that we would take back to the operating room, fix them up, and then send them on their way, never telling them what had happened in that room was why I left because I realized those those women may not have been ready to be mothers that day. And so we were helping them. You know, that was the Mm -hmm. lie that I believe, but those women may not ever be able to see mothers. Oh my goodness. And that wasn't something that I could handle. And I, in the movie, they said they, they drug them extra. So they don't remember any of it. Is that true? Absolutely. So the majority of abortions are done in a twilight sedation. Um, For a lot of people, you know, when you get up into my age, you start having colonoscopies and some of these things, right? So you have a twilight sedation. It's a mixture cocktail of drugs, which does act as a, um, it does anesthetize you some, so it helps with pain. One of the main things it does is it's an amnesiac. So you do Hmm. not remember. Hmm. You do not remember. And so For these women, many of them who are saying, oh, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad of a procedure. It wasn't that bad of Mm. an experience. It's because they don't remember it. I don't remember, other than the abortion by pill that I did at home, I don't remember any of mine. I remember walking in. Some of them, I don't even remember the entire day. Wow. And so thereby, it's very easy to say it wasn't a big deal if you don't even remember that happened to you. Right. If the rooms are dirty or if something happens or if something goes wrong, you don't remember. Mm. So it protects the abortion industry from being liable. It protects them from giving good care. It protects them from, you know, many different things. Um, and so, you know, that's the thing. And you, you're asking about, you know, the industry has even changed where they used to call it a procedure or they used to call it all these different things. They have started using the language abortion. Because they want to normalize abortion. They want it to be a normal, just like, I don't know if you, I'm sure you ladies remember, but 
10 years ago, no women talked about getting Botox, right? right. That was like something people right. did, but nobody talked about it. Yeah. Nowadays, Botox is like going to get highlights. Yeah. You know, we <laughs> normalize it, yes. it to where yeah. it's not a big deal. It's accepted. It's normal process. They want abortion to be the same yeah. thing. And so they're saying it, they're speaking it, they're talking about it, they're advertising it. Um, and because we want to desensitize them into it. Yeah. Well, that's Satan's and whole so, goal. Yeah, absolutely. The more absolutely. we, the more we normalize sin, the more, you know, it'll seem like nothing. Absolutely. Well, let me ask you this. Why do you think there's such a bloodlust for abortion? I mean, it's unlike anything else. You know, we've seen companies who are willing to spend thousands of dollars to let their workers get abortions. Like what is it about abortion that the left becomes so unhinged it's a it's a badge of honor and bravery when you've had an abortion like what do you think it is well <laughs> i think spiritually we're trying to destroy that they're trying to destroy the image of god i mean that yeah. plain and simple they're trying to destroy the image of god they're as well trying to destroy the family and the the many people don't know this but one of the other main industries that planned parenthood has gotten into aside from abortion, is transgender hormone therapy. Wow. I did not know that. No. Many people did not. There's a mm. one of the facilities that I'm over here in Richmond, 75% of the people going in there are men, and they're going in for transition therapy. Mm. Um, and so again, why is that? That seems like such a random jump from abortion to that. No, it's not. It's the same thing. Trying to destroy the image of God, image bearers, Mm -hmm. You know, in, in the image of him, he made them man and woman, right. you know, trying to destroy that, mm -hmm. as well as the family unit. If you yes. are a homosexual without assistance, you cannot have children. And so the family unit is destroyed and the image of God is destroyed. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's one aspect of it. So that's the spiritual aspect of it which oversees everything, of course, you know, mm -hmm. the other, the other thing is money, plain and simple, yes. cut and dry money. And mm -hmm. these industries that are helping Apple, Amazon, Uber, Citibank, I mean, honestly, Dick Sporting Goods, there's not Disney. many that are not. <laughs> yeah, Disney, of course. Yeah. It's so interesting that these companies will pay for these women to travel out of state, they will pay for them while they are gone, they will give them paid leave. If they have children at home, they will pay for them to go into childcare. They will pay for everything. If a woman goes for an abortion, the most amount of time she's going to be out of work is one week. Right. It's saving them a lot of money. One week she's gone from work. If a woman gets pregnant, she is going to be out of work for 12 weeks. Not only that, but they are going to have to increase in their insurance benefits. Not only that, but they're going to have to insure, increase the insurance for the children. Not only that, but that woman is going to become less productive at work because she now has a child. She's going to be calling out sick because there's snow days at school and the kid's going to be sick and all of these things. And so she is not as valuable of an asset in their minds, of course, we don't believe this to be true, but in their minds, not as valuable of an asset to these companies when she becomes a mother. 
but I can choose to pay $2,000, let's say, to fly you somewhere and get this procedure done and you'll be back at work in a week. Hmm. And I have saved you. And so now your allegiance is even more to my company. Yes. All about the money. It's all about the money. Every lobbying organization, Planned Parenthood, if you look at their, their year-end report from last year, which they publicize, they talk about, this isn't hidden. Every number on their report went down, except two numbers, numbers of abortion and money. And they talk about women in poor, poor communities. These poor women in poor communities that are, you know, they're going to have to parent and, you know, they need abortion. They don't give those women abortions for free. They still charge those women. So if they thought that abortion was the answer and that they were really serving these women, why wouldn't they pay? You know, why wouldn't it be free for these women? But it's not. It's mm. five to several thousand dollars. These women are having to choose between paying their rent or having an abortion. And they're not helping them with that. Um, so, yeah, it's it's go back to the money. You know, it's always, and it's about, always the money. about that. It's always mm. about that. Wow. Hmm. Well, Kelly, let's talk about pro-love because I have been so impressed uh, researching this, this organization and, and Rose has too. We just want you to spend a lot of time telling us what are the different things that they do. And, you know, I know we said that there are six things under this umbrella. There's a couple we want to, you know, concentrate on, but why don't you give us an overview first? which is a comprehensive database of all of the abortion facilities in the United States. Um, now that is important because you can go on there. Now the, the state facts are going to be off because of this overturning, um, but you could see every state and the facts on abortion. Do they require a waiting period? Do they require parental notification? Do they does it have to be a doctor who's performing this procedure? Do they, they do telemedicine, all of those kinds of questions. And you can see it very simply and quickly and easily state by state. It then has a list of all of the abortion facilities, and you can click on those facilities and see the inspection reports from the health department of those abortion facilities. Now, what's interesting, I'll talk about, I'm here in Virginia, talk about my state of Virginia. We do not have any inspection reports past 2018 because abortion facilities after 2018 were no longer required to be inspected. Mm. So your tanning salon, your nail salon, your med spa who does your Botox, they were all required to be inspected, are still required to be inspected, but your local abortion provider is not. What was the now, reasoning for that? We got a Democratic governor. Oh. <laughs> I mean, that, that's yeah. honestly what it was. Yeah. Um, and, and in 2018, they failed every inspection. So it's not like they were these beaming, you know, shining yeah. places, wow. they had failures and we still stopped inspecting them. And again, why? Money, because we don't yeah. want to pay the money to do it. Um, so that's one. The other that we have is called hurt after abortion. So if you are a woman who has been injured through an abortion, you can contact us and we will get your, your records and we will connect you with Thomas More Society. They're an amazing Christian litigation group and they will go after the abortion provider and try to get you compensation. That is going to become even more important as we are moving from surgical to chemical abortions, which I'm sure hopefully we'll talk about a little bit, but mm -hmm. um, where women are doing this in the secrecy of their home under no medical supervision, under no medical guidance, 
and there's going to be lots and lots of issues that are going to happen. Um, and so this will help with that. Um, then the, the third one that I'm super proud of is Loveline. Loveline is a 24-hour uh, crisis line for women all over the country who find themselves in need. Um, and I said earlier, you know, pregnancy centers have been holding up the pro-life they do a wonderful job, but many of them do not have the resources to help these women holistically in every area. Um, 78% of women, like I said, have abortions because of financial reasons. Most pregnancy centers do not have the resources to help pay rent or help pay a car payment or help in that financial need. They are there for spiritual guidance. They are there for discipleship, many of them. And oftentimes they, you know, help with baby showers and all of that kind of wonderful stuff. But if a woman is debating between going to school or having her child, they don't have the resources to help with that. So that's where we come in. Um, we, most of our clients have complex, complex trauma. Meaning these are not, you know, just the typical cases. These are the domestic violence, the homeless, the drug addiction, the, we have many undocumented clients, um, women who are, you know, in lots of very difficult things. Almost all of them have suffered trauma. Um, and so they contact us. We have a hotline. So they contact us. I'm one of the people that helps with that hotline and we text back and forth with them, get them some, get some general information from them. Um, currently we are helping women who are pregnant or women with children under the age of four. We had to limit it just because we had over 30 new contacts just yesterday alone. Oh my goodness. Um, wow. Yes. And so our, after the heartbeat bill in Texas, our calls increased 400%. Wow. Um, so we are, you know, very, very busy. Um, and then once they do that, we then give them an intake. We get their financial information. We find out, are they working? You know, where are they living? Who are they living with? All of those kinds of details. And then we connect them with a case manager. That case manager becomes their person. Uh, you know, all, most, all we need is one person saying, you can do this, and I'm going to walk with you and help you. Mm -hmm. And so this case manager becomes that person. And that case manager will find out what their needs are. Oftentimes what they think their needs are are not actually what their needs are. Um, and our goal is to never get them a no. We always want to get them a yes. And so we will be the buffer zone for them in that. So if they, let's say it's housing that they need, which we get a lot. That is the main issue in the United States. If you have the ability to house these women, we need your help. Shameless plug. Um, but they, so we would call and her local resources and try to find her housing. Now we're not going to give her a list of places to call because she's in crisis right. and that is overwhelming. And we don't want her here to hear, no, 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 no. You're then, then she's thinking, I can't do this. So we call, we get her a yes. And then we connect her with that resource and have her make the call to get the yes. Now she's going, okay, that's a yes. I can do this. I've got them with me and I got a yes. That's and amazing. we continue on that process. Um, we also have therapists. We have therapists on staff, licensed therapists. Our, our therapist is an EMDR certified therapist um, because we want to find out where, why she got into this problem. Now we're not doing that on call one, of course, you know, but wanting to help her get out of that. We also have a financial coach who walks with them, talks with them about budgeting, talks with them about spending. You know, if you get your nails done, 
maybe you could go every three weeks instead of going every two weeks, you know, trying to do those kinds of things yeah. to help them problem solve because we don't want them to just have the baby. We right. want her to have an abundant life. We want her to be a good mother and be supported. We want her to continue in school. We want her, you know, we want her, we know that if she feels loved, encouraged and supported, she'll choose life and, it, and be a good mom, you know? And so that is where our focus is with Love Line. Is there we any spiritual a, counseling along the way? There is, there's always spiritual counseling. I mean, it's definitely, you know, I tell people this when, when a woman is drowning and she's in the ocean and she's drowning and you're on the boat and you've got a life jacket, but you see there's sharks in the water, right? right. We're not yelling, hey, there's sharks in the water. Right. We want to give her the life <laughs> right. jacket, right? Yeah. get her safely. And then we say, look, I know you don't know this, but there were sharks in the water, right? And so that's where we, you know, everything we do is out of the love of Jesus. Mm-hmm. We often don't have to start the conversation. They ask. Mm. why are you doing this? No mm. one else would help me. What, what's different about you? You know, and then that's just an open door that we yeah. gladly walk through. <laughs> and, yeah. and many of them were already believers. A lot mm. of them are, were abused or there was different things. And so we definitely try to connect them with groups. Embrace Grace, they are not part of our ministry, but we are sisters and we love them dearly. They do discipleship in churches. And so we will absolutely try to connect them with an Embrace Grace group. One of the ministries that we have is Mama Scholar, where we connect with Embrace Grace. And when women have have graduated from that, we give them scholarships mm. so that they can go back to school or continue in their education. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, yes, it's definitely a partnership doing a lot of talking this morning. Well, that's amazing. A little water. Well, um, since you brought up the chemical abortions, what, what is going on with that? And maybe talk <laughs> about that. Sure. So last year, 52% of abortions in the United States were chemical abortions. Many people do not know what that means. Um, so I'll give you a little breakdown of that. There is, um, so you take a, a series of two drugs. So you take misoprostol and mifeprex. One, the first pill that you take, it stops the estrogen going from your placenta to the baby. And so basically it starves the baby. You then 24 hours later, take a second series of pills, which cause your uterus to contract and cause you to, you know, have the actual abortion. Um, The many states, no longer require that you see a doctor. So the only accurate way to determine gestational age is with an ultrasound. The way that they are doing it is they say, what was the date of your last menstrual cycle? Based on that, they come up with a gestational age. The FDA has approved use of this pill for up to nine weeks and five days or nine weeks and six days. So before 10 weeks, it is approved. So when I'm talking to you, let's say I'm the doctor, you're the the patient, I'm going to ask you when your last state of your cycle was, you tell me, okay, great, you're in that eight-week period. I then either, one of two options, you will then either have to come into my office to take the first set of pills, most states do not require that, or I will mail you the pills, and you can either do it by Zoom, where I will watch you take the first pill, or I'm not even monitoring it at all. And then 24 hours later, again, same thing. Some states require that you go back into the office. Most do not. So we will either do it by Zoom or you will do it at home by yourself. That is the most supervised. 
There are now many, 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 many websites where you can just go online, fill out a form, and get the pills sent to you. We wanted to test that. One of them um, was a facility in India. And so we called them. Abby actually contacted them to try to get the pills. Uh, They asked her how far along she was. She told them nine weeks, five days. They asked her how old she was. She said she was 18. They asked her for an ID. She said, I do not have an ID. They said, okay, well, what we need you to do is get a piece of paper. On that piece of paper, write your name and your birthday and take a picture of you holding that piece of paper and send it to us. Hmm. That was verification of age. Hmm. $150 send us and we will mail you the pills. Oh, and by the way, they will be there in four to six weeks. Oh my gosh. That has taken this woman who is claiming, claiming, to be under 10 weeks to now 14 mm, to 16 wow. weeks. The process to do this at home by yourself at 10 weeks is grueling and horrible. I've been through it. To do it at 14 weeks or 16 weeks is incredibly dangerous. Incredibly dangerous. Um, again, if you've seen the movie Unplanned, that is a very accurate portrayal of what happens. Um, Abby's was a little bit longer as far as the amount of time that she bled. I, I don't know that that is typical, but the actual experience, mm-hmm. the bleeding, the cramping, the clots, all of that is a hundred percent accurate. And the mental and emotional toll that this has on women is far more than any Mm -hmm. other procedure. Because like I said, the other ones, many of them are being sedated. You're being sedated in some way, whether it's Valium or a Xanax or the, the, you know, the cocktail of drugs, you're being sedated in some way. With this, you are not being sedated in some way. Mm. And you are having to see what has happened. You are basically in labor, right? They they put you in labor. labor. You are completely in labor. And so the trauma of having to see this, the, the calls of, I've had this happen and now I'm looking at my baby in the toilet and I don't know what to do with the baby. You know, those kinds of calls that we're starting to get in, it is very, very, very emotionally and mentally Mm. traumatizing. It's also very physically dangerous. Um, And that is what Planned Parenthood is really pushing. That is the method that they are pushing. Um, And they are advising women that if you do this process to go to the emergency room, not to go to an OB, not to go, but to go to the emergency room and tell them that you are having a miscarriage and that you have, you know, complications from the miscarriage. So this is another piece. After this recent law, you're hearing all these women say that women are being jailed for miscarriage and women are going to go to jail for miscarriage. And, you know, there's going to be, people are going to be prosecuted for miscarriage. That is a very tactical plan because Planned Parenthood does not want women going to the emergency room and saying they're having a miscarriage. Mm. So let's just say hypothetically that they were not putting that out. And now abortion by pill is the main way that women are, let's say in the state of Texas, for instance, where you can't have an abortion. But all of a sudden today, the number of miscarriages in the emergency room skyrocket because women are having this chemical abortion. Right. Somebody's Mm going to go, why all of a sudden are all these women having miscarriages? Right. 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 And there's going to be concern and people are going to be wondering. So to prevent that from happening, Planned Parenthood is saying, if you go, if you have a miscarriage, you will be going to jail because they don't want you to do that. (sighs) 
They are not no. stupid. They are a lot of things, but they are not stupid. Yeah. And everything you see, there's a reason why that is happening. That is the reason for that misinformation. Mm. I've had women tell me, but people are being jailed currently for miscarriage. I have researched it. I have looked it up. I have searched it. The only situation where I can find where women have been jailed for a miscarriage is because they had drugs or alcohol the miscarriage. It was not a, not a natural miscarriage. It was a miscarriage due to drugs and alcohol. So that, I mean, that's not an, you know, you go to jail for those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, and right. so women are not being jailed for miscarriage, um, are not going to be jailed for miscarriage. But Planned Parenthood wants you to think that so that we do not share the truth about the chemical abortion. And I've mm. seen that a lot lately. I've yes. seen that floating around and it's, yeah, I'm glad you cleared that up for everybody watching. Yeah, there. so there's a lot of information. And this is very important as pro-lifers. We need to arm ourselves with truth. Um, you know, there. so there's three treatments, ectopic pregnancy. That's another thing that you're going to hear a lot about. Women are going to go to jail for ectopic pregnancy. Okay, ectopic pregnancies, the baby is not in the uterus. There, the treatment for an ectopic pregnancy is never a vaginal abortion, okay? Because the only way to do an abortion is either vaginal or by pill. That is never the treatment for an ectopic pregnancy. The treatment for an ectopic pregnancy is either an, a laparoscopy where they remove the ectopic pregnancy. So they go in through an incision in your side and they do it that way. Or a salpingectomy where they remove all or part of the fallopian tube. Again, it is not a vaginal thing. It goes in through your side, okay? The treatment for a septic uterus which you will sometimes hear, either mm -hmm. you give antibiotics, deliver the baby. Now, the baby may not survive, but you never have to kill the baby and then have an abortion. You deliver the baby. Right. For miscarriage that your body won't release is either cytotech tablets, so you would take tablets that then cause the baby to release, or a DNC. Now, this mm -hmm. is where a lot of people have gotten confused. A DNC does not make it an abortion. An abortion is when they kill the baby and then remove the baby with a DNC. A DNC with a miscarriage, the baby is already dead. They are removing the deceased baby. They are not killing the baby and then removing the baby. So in an ectopic pregnancy, the intent is to save the mother's life, right? right. In a miscarriage, the intent is to remove the child that has already died. And in an abortion, the intent is to end the life of the child in the womb. They are very different procedures. Yes. They are even coded differently. The mm. medical coding mm. for them is different. And so there's a medical abortion, which would be, unfortunately, that's what they call a lot of times uh, an abortion, you know, a miscarriage. I'm sorry. An, a medical abortion is oftentimes what they would call an ectopic pregnancy or a miscarriage. Mm. That is not what any law, every law is very specific that that is not included. Everyone is very specific that that is not included. The other would be a therapeutic abortion or an elective abortion. There is no code for therapeutic abortion. And then there is, of course, a code for an elective abortion, which is what we all typically think of when we say the word abortion. Mm -hmm. And so we need to understand that, that women are not going to be dying from ectopic pregnancies or miscarriages. Um, so stop, stop spreading that misinformation, not you all, but you know, <laughs> get your facts straight. Yeah, that, absolutely. Not true. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
You, yeah. you said you had doctors leave the industry. I'm just curious. And nurses, like where, how did they justify while they were in it? The fact that they took, you know, the Hippocratic Oath and they, they save some lives, but end others. And I'm not judging them anyway. I'm just curious how in their mind did they reconcile that while they were doing it? Um, I wasn't a doctor or a nurse, but I participated, you know, in the, in the whole process. Um, I believe that I was helping women and abortion Mm -hmm. is a trauma response. And almost everybody, I don't know anyone who's in the abortion industry. I've, I, you know, worked for them. There were none and talked to, we call them quitters, people who've left the industry, talk to quitters all the time. Every one of them had a trauma of some sort in their Mm -hmm. life. Um, you know, and so you, you go in thinking that you're helping women and then, mm-hmm. you know, you, you have scales, you believe it, you say a lie enough times and you believe it. And that really is, is very demonic. You can tangibly feel the darkness inside of clinics. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not a believer, you can tangibly feel the darkness inside the clinic. If you're on the sidewalk, you can tangibly feel the darkness around those facilities. Um, and so there is a spiritual aspect of it where you're just blinded and your heart is hardened, hardened, hardened. And as you're doing it, you know, you become more hardened and more hardened and more hardened. Nobody started, nobody woke up and said, I think I'm going to go join the abortion industry today. Right. You know, nobody right. woke up and said, I think I'm going to go kill some babies today. Yeah, it was, right, right. I'm going to, you know, it's a gradual thing. One little step at a time, one little spin at a time, one little falsehood at a time. And next thing you know, you're doing second trimester abortion, mm. you know, and pulling out full babies. Um, wow. And, and it's, it, it is a very, everyone that I know that has left, there has been something where it was like a scale fell off, you know, mm. or where something happened. And so for those of you that are on the sidewalk or just, you know, believers in general, pray that eyes would be open, that these workers would actually see what is going on, that these workers would actually see the humanity of what they're doing, you know, that mm. there would be some kind of an encounter as much as you hate to say this that would wake them up to the truth um, and, and pray for their souls, you know, pray for their deliverance, pray yes, for, right. for all of that to happen because it is a spiritual thing. Oh yeah. I uh, believe that. The only way, you know, that's the only way that you can, and there's videos out there of doctors that have you know, been talking to sidewalk counselors and it's full on demonic. I mean, they are manifesting and growling and spitting and oh, all of this. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, it's very much, it's very much um, a spiritual thing is is the only way that you could, could be involved in that. Yeah, exactly. Well, we saw, um, I saw Abby on Fox news not too long ago. And she said, now that Roe v. Wade is overturned, you guys are going to take the fight to the States individually. Is that something that pro love is going to be a part of? Yes, ma'am. We've, already been doing it quite honestly this past year i and other workers helped testify um in colorado we helped in ohio we helped here in virginia um we helped in texas uh we helped in states where we are going and actually testifying because we are former workers you know we can speak in a way that other people can't speak um, and many of us are also post-aborted, so we've had abortions, so we can share that side of the story. So yes, we are absolutely going. I am I'm in over government outreach and government engagement. So we are here for you. We would love to 
um, support you and, and help testify for those things. Absolutely. Can you tell us how everyone can get a hold of you and pro love and yes. So you can go to prolove.com. Go to that website. That will take you to a landing page that has, um, and then there were none, and then pro-love ministry. So, and then there were none again, just to reiterate, that's the, the ministry specifically to abortion workers, which we will see a lot of people leaving the abortion industry now that clinics right. are closing. Um, and so ha- put that resource out there, put this out there that we are here to help them. We don't want them to go back into the industry, you know, and we'll see workers that are, that are very liberal, be exhausted, be overwhelmed, you know, mm. and want to leave. And so we're believing that they're going to be leaving as well. Um, so that's, uh, and then there were none at abortionworker.com and then pro love ministries, which is the umbrella ministry. So at that lit landing page, pro love.com, you can get to both ministries. Um, if you want to contact me, my email is a E L L Y at prolove.com. Um, and if you've got questions or concerns, or if you want help with state legislation, we are absolutely here for you. Okay. Kelly at prolove.com. Yeah. Kelly, we're going to share all of these, uh, not only on our, on this episode when it airs, but also on our website. And, uh, we have really enjoyed, you have opened our eyes to things and we hope that so many people's eyes are opened after seeing this. And we really thank you and appreciate you coming on today. Yeah. And we will be praying for the workers. You know, you often think of praying for the babies, but not the workers. (laughs) Right. That's a great. Yeah. And be praying for your pregnancy centers too. There have been over 35 pregnancy centers in the last 60 days that have been attacked. Mm. And so and be not, praying for yeah. your pregnancy centers. And you're not hearing about it on the news. No, if there are you not seeing, many abortion facilities, it'd be front page. News, yeah, you know? exactly. Mm-hmm. Are so you seeing praying, any justice with that? No, ma'am. Mm. We're not seeing anything. We're not even seeing organizations say it's a bad thing. Um, so, you know, we need to be praying for your pregnancy centers. Um, if you, you know, I know a lot of them are doing fundraisers to try to raise support so that they can get security out there. So, um, praying for the protection of the workers in the pregnancy centers that you're praying for. Honestly, all the workers in the pro-life movement, I mean, every one of us has gotten death threats and Mm. people are emailing us and threatening our lives. And, um, so be praying for the people on the front lines. Um, on the pro-life side as well, because the other side is very angry. Yeah, um, yeah we've seen them that. Up too. Mm-hmm. How about yeah. the police? Are local police helping with? You know, security? in the majority of areas, the local police have been incredible. Not all, of course, but mm-hmm. in the majority of areas, they are very sympathetic. They know that we are here to help women. Um, and so most places, yes, the police have been great. Um, and now that a lot of the threats have kind of heightened, they've become more aware, um, mm-hmm. and more, you know, reactive or, or helpful, but yeah, they, they've, they've been good, but they can only do so much as well. Yeah. Are you optimistic at all that this Jane's revenge and Ruth sent us are going to be listed as terrorists at some point, or, or you think they're just going to be like Antifa and just let them go? They are like Antifa. I mean, there's, it is Antifa. It's, it's a basically an arm of Antifa. There were 75 uh, people arrested in Seattle. I think it was Seattle, like three days ago. 75 that had backpacks with bricks and mortar mm. and all attack a pregnancy center and got arrested and were released that evening. So oh, no, I don't think anything's going to happen. I think it will come under the radar and uh, we just got to, you know, the enemy is, is warring, but yes. we have angels you know that are warring as well and so 
I was talking, I was at a, the pro-life women's conference was happening right when this all talked, uh, this was released, the Roe versus Wade decision came down. And, and so there was lots of pregnancy center directors there, you know, and we're talking and they're worried about the safety of their centers. And I said, you know, you guys have insurance, right? And it's like, we have insurance. I'm like, you know what? If they mess it up, we'll build back better. <laughs> and do it better than at least somebody will be do it better than the current administration but you know Absolutely. we'll expand our services and we'll do more yes. so if they you know that's why we have insurance we want yes. we don't want our workers you know to be hurt and obviously right. it's very detrimental and, and it hurts our hearts when you've been attacked like that but if they do insurance will step in and right. we will do better we will do more and we will not be afraid you know we will not be intimidated by them right. um our side wins you know, it does. And our right. it does. It does. So, you know, get involved. If, if you are in, you know, your local area, find ministries that you can donate to. If you can't find a ministry, we would love your support. We need help. Um, you know, put your money where your mouth is. Yes. Christian. We need to yeah. get up and, you know, make a difference in these ladies. Um, I've got my garage is being filled right now with baby items because I'm distributing it to clients that we have here. So, um, you know, be there for these women and, and really support them and pray. pray so they can pray, go to prolove.com to make donations? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Yep. And so you want to go to loveline.com. Um, that's our crisis line. That's where we really need the finances because we, okay. again, I mean, my okay. phone's been blowing up the whole time we've been on here with women contacting us needing mm, help. Wow. All right. Loveline.com. So prayers, financial support. Yes. And how about if Absolutely. someone wants to get involved and, and get involved with you guys and be on the front lines with you? How can they do that? So there's a, if you go to ProLoveMinistries.org, you can go to jobs and volunteer. We actually have some jobs posted for our affiliates that are, are looking for hiring. Um, we are not right now, but we do need volunteers and oftentimes our volunteers turn into jobs. So if that's something you're interested in, um, you know, you could certainly go there and get information on that as well. All right. Great. All right. Great. Yeah. Thank you so much, Kelly. Yeah. Thank, thank you, you so much. Then stay safe out there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we will. <laughs> All right. God bless you. God bless what you guys are doing. You are making a difference. That's for sure. A well, real thank difference. You. Yes. And many yeah, women's lives. Thank you. Thank you again.